Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined with or joined by Wendy McConnell again today. Thanks for joining, Wendy. Thank you for having me. You've probably heard the saying out there, there's no such thing as a stupid question, right? I've heard it. I put my own little spin on that saying, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question, just stupid people. Maybe that's one you're <laughs> more familiar with. <laughs> right. Just kidding. <laughs> I really want to ask that question now. Um, but, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, we've talked in the, on this podcast a number of times, you know, my upbringing with a dad that was a financial advisor and a mom that was an accountant. I grew up in this financial world, but there's so many just little questions out there in the finance world that you never learn in school. And so I, I really do think as, as it relates to finance, there's no such thing as a stupid question. This is the point of this podcast, I guess, really is to educate people so that they feel like they know what's going on in the world, right? You hear right. every, every single day you hear on the news, the, the S and P 500 is this value or the Dow Jones is this and I would argue that most people have really no concept of what they're talking about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we talk a lot about, you know, when, when we're talking about investing, we're talking a lot about the S&P 500, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've probably mentioned it on every podcast and I'm sure there's people out there thinking, what is this? What is he even talking about? What does okay, that yeah. mean? So what is it? Come on. Let's, so, let's okay. go. So here we go. So we're going to talk about you know, the first question that I think people are afraid to ask is what's the difference between the Dow, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ? Like I said, you hear it every single day. You know, the Dow, I think is right now close to about 34,000. The S&P is like 4,300. But again, what do those numbers even mean, right? So in general, I think people at least know, hey, when I say the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones, talking about stocks. And so, you know, the stock market, but the Dow is such a high number. The S&P is a pretty low number. Which one's better? So the short answer is these are all what's called an index. Again, we've talked about index funds or ETFs on this podcast a number of times as well. So an index is just a marker that tracks the performance of a group of stocks to help give you a sense for what is this basket of stocks worth? So it's just a easy indicator. What is this group of stocks worth? And so that number just tracks the value. But again, so if they're tracking the value, but the numbers are so widely different, how does that happen? So let's start with the Dow. The Dow Jones industrial average tracks the performance of the 30, let's call it most prominent stocks or 30 popular stocks that are out there. So that's going to be I've got the list here in front of me, American Express, Apple, Boeing, Chevron, Goldman Sachs, right? Just popular names that people are going to recognize. So that's the Dow just takes 30 of the most, you know, the most prominent, some of the largest companies in the country and tracks their value. But again, so, oh, go ahead. Does that change those 30 stocks? Those 30 do change over time as the just the economy and as industry changes. So 
you know, a lot of the tech companies that are in there now have been added recently because technology has become such a big part of our economy at this point, right? right? So those num- those companies do change over time. But I think it's something's important to realize is because it's only tracking 30 stocks, it's really not a good indicator of what's going on in the market, in the stock market as a whole, right? So it's a number that's out there and it gets used because it's companies that you're familiar with, but it's not the best indicator for how the stock market's doing as a whole, just because it's only those 30 stocks, right? So um, the S&P on the other hand, you know, and we call it the S&P or the S&P 500, that 500 represents 500 stocks. So this now becomes a better representative of what's going on in the market as a whole, because it's a much broader range. So it's the S&P 500 is the 500 largest stocks. And they do that by what's called market capitalization, which is the number of outstanding shares of a stock multiplied by the stock price. And we'll get into that a little bit more as well. But so the S&P is these 500 stocks and because it's tracking, like I mentioned, a much broader array, I think it's a better, you know, better indicator for what's going on sort of across the market as a whole. The other one you may hear about, we won't talk about this. It doesn't come up quite as much, but there's also one called the NASDAQ, which is really heavily just technology stocks primarily. So that's another number you may hear out there. But again, that's really narrow mostly technology stocks. So again, not a great indicator for the market as a whole, but if you want to know what's going on in the tech space, that's a good one to track. A couple others you may hear as well, the Russell 3000, similar to the S&P 500 being 500 stocks. The Russell 3000 is 3000 stocks, which make up really the majority of the entire market. Um, And then you may hear about what's called the S&P TSX composite, which is the Canadian index. So what the sort of biggest companies in Canada, those are going to be the most common. There's really dozens of them out there, but those are going to be the ones that are the most common that you hear about. So, um, you know, like I mentioned that, you know, that gives us sort of a representation of the market, but you know, if the Dow's trading at 34,000 and the S and P's trading at 4,300, and you can have one share of each. Well, you'd probably want to pick the Dow, right? It's worth way more. It, it, it appears to be. It would seem, right? So why is that the case? And this is actually something that I I think I probably learned it in school a while ago and forgot and have now, you know, sort of refreshing myself on here. So Dug out that textbook. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so like I mentioned, you know, the Dow is those 30 most prominent companies. The S&P 500 is 500 of those companies. And the way that they calculate their prices, you know, it the, they use different math. Really, that's the short answer. So we're going to do a little bit of math here today on the podcast. But the short answer is they're calculating those figures based on different math. So if we take the Dow, the Dow, they take those 30 stocks and they add up all their prices And then they divide that by what they call the Dow divisor, which is something they basically just made up for themselves. So early in the Dow's history, the divisor was just 30. So you had 30 stocks, they added them all up, and then you divide it by 30, and that gets you the price. 
But now that divisor that they use changes over time based on, again, what's happening in the world, what, how much these companies are growing and the market caps, all those kind of things. So, um, it, and if companies do stock splits or pay dividends, all these other things, you know, they factor all that into, into account. So right now, if you look today, this Dow divisor is 0.1517. So now instead of dividing by 30, they came up with this formula to get to now dividing by 0.1517. And well, that sounds be, like completely off from what yeah. 30 would be. <laughs> yeah. So to be completely honest, I don't know exactly how they got there, but that's, you know, and it, there is a group that, you know, they, they adjust that, like I said, regularly. So what that really means now is if, you know, as you know, in math, if you divide by a fraction or a decimal, you're really multiplying. So in effect, dividing by 0.1517 is the same thing as multiplying by six and a half. So again, I don't, I don't know I was how they that day in math. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to, there we go. We'll get, that's, get back to our algebra days here. Okay. Right. <laughs> so again, I don't, how they get to that divisor is more complicated than I think it's worth going into, but that's how they calculate this number of the Dow. So they take those 30 stocks, add them up, and then they multiply the number by six and a half. And that's how they get that Dow of, you know, again, 34,000 or whatever the number is at the time. So that's why the Dow looks so much more as a higher number than the S&P, even though it's only 30 stocks instead of 500. So if we look at the way the S&P 500 is calculated, they weight that calculation by, as I mentioned earlier, that market capitalization of each company. So if, if you're looking at an unweighted index like the Dow, every company has the same impact on the Dow, on the growth of that index as any of the other ones, because it's just any dollar that goes up, you multiply it by that six and a half number, right? So every company has the same type of impact. But if you look at the S&P 500, like I mentioned, it's what they call cap weighted. So each company is weighted according to its market capitalization. And that, as I mentioned earlier, is the number of outstanding stocks multiplied by the stock price. And those are all information you can Google, right? Find out, hey, Apple has how many shares of stocks? And Apple actually is an important one to bring up here. They were the first company, and this happened just recently, to reach a $3 trillion market cap. So they're the largest company by market cap in the world. So let me make sure I understand. You're saying that you take the stock price and then multiply it by the amount of shares there are, and that comes up with the cap? Exactly. Yep. That gets okay. you to the the market capitalization, that cumulative number of, you know, if there are a million shares and every share is worth $15, your market cap is $15 million, right? That's, okay. That's and that's they... for each index in the S&P 500. Yeah. So for each company in the S&P 500, they add up all their market caps and then they're assigned a per, you know, if, 
if the total market cap is just to keep the math easy, let's say the total market cap is a hundred dollars and Apple is worth three of those hundred, you know, it's 3% of the total index. So the other 499 companies all make up the additional 97%, right? I'm going to test you on that stupid question, uh, stupid person thing. Uh, (laughs) Apple is Apple in both the Dow and the S and P or is it one or the other? It is in both. Yep. So companies can be in both. So, and again, that's a function of just the way that they're chosen, right? So the Dow is just choosing popular companies and Apple happens to be one of the most popular and largest companies in the world. Yeah, yeah. We all know about Apple. Yeah. Um, And then the S&P, they do it by this market cap. So the S&P 500 also changes as companies go up or down in stock price and in size, right? So as companies get bigger, Tesla... I think I don't know for sure. I think they were one of the most recent additions to the S and P 500. So within the last few years, Tesla started growing and growing, and growing, got big enough to where they now were one of the largest 500 companies, and they get added to the S and P 500. So the S and P stocks are chosen not necessarily by popularity, but by the size of your company. Now it sort of goes without saying: the bigger the companies, for the most part, I think you would recognize most of the names in the S&P 500 because they're the largest companies, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, that those types of companies. But they are, it's not just hand-selected like the Dow. It is actually a strict rule of those that market size. So because it's cap-weighted that way, certain companies like Apple, we'll just keep using them, Apple's has an outsized impact on the movement of the S&P 500 because they're, they are more than one five hundredth of it, right? They make up a few percent of that index. So when Apple goes up or down, it has an outsized impact on the S&P 500 compared to some of the smaller companies. So a little complicated here, a lot of math, but that's sort of how, how they work. Now, we talked about the Dow divisor being that 0.1517, the S&P has a similar approach, but they take, they add everything up and then they divide that number. The current S&P divisor is 8,357 and 13 cents. So that's the number that they use. Once they add up the prices of, or the market caps of all those stocks, they divide it by that 8,357 and change, right? And again, that number changes each quarter, essentially. And that's how they arrive at the number right now. As of this podcast recording, the S&P 500 is 4,397. So a lot of math there. We'll spare you all the details. But to answer those questions of what is the Dow, what is the S&P, and why are the numbers different? Hopefully that was helpful in going through all of that. It seems that when people are talking about the market, though, how's the market doing? The market's up, the market's down. They're primarily just referring to the Dow, though, doesn't it? Or am I just misinterpreting yeah. that? No, I think that it is. If you if you turn on the news, they're always talking about the Dow. But as I've already said earlier, I don't think the Dow is a good a good way to measure it. But they're talking about it again, I think, because it's 
well, it's been around forever, but also people just, well, now, hopefully after they've listened to this, they know that it's the most popular companies in the, okay in the, you know, so, so that's why they use the Dow because people, if you look at the list of the Dow, you probably would recognize all 30 names on the Dow. Whereas if you look at the S and P 500, there might be a handful of them that are companies that you've never heard of before. So that's why I think the media focuses on the Dow so much, but I still think the S and P 500 is a better way to view the, the market as a whole. Has the S and P progressively gone up like the Dow has? Yeah. Yep. So if you look historically, you know, if I, I've got the chart here in front of me, but let's just pre COVID. So if we look at March or February of 2020, right before sort of the COVID wave hit, the, the S&P was at 3,380. And today it's now worth 4,402. So it's, you know, it, it's been some volatile years throughout there, right. but, you know, continued to, to grow. And that's why I think it's better indicator of just the market as a whole because of the good diversification that it has. And a lot of the investing that we do for clients is using these indexes, the S&P, I would say in particular, you know, to be able to get good exposure to all the, the stocks inside that index. And that, you know, we did an episode earlier on mutual funds and ETFs and how and why they're used. But for you to go out and buy every single stock that's in the S&P 500, you got to have a lot of money. But being able to buy that S&P 500 index, you know, they're, they typically use a, a lower price, like... For instance, one of the most popular is SPY, and they look at what is the S&P 500, and essentially they say our, our share price is going to be one-tenth of whatever the S&P is. So it's an easier way, a lower way to be able to invest in in all of those stocks. Okay. Well, and that makes sense. You know, and it, it, it's always been interesting to me that, you know, that for the most part, People who are into finances talk about the S&P 500, but the media always talks about the Dow. So I'm glad that you cleared that up. Yeah, hopefully that that clarifies things. And hopefully now you know more today about the Dow and S&P than you did before we started. So, I do. Yes. Perfect. So this will be the first episode in a, you know, there's a few more of these questions out there over the next few episodes we'll go through so that you don't have to, you know, if someone asks a stupid question, like what's the S&P 500, you now know the answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any questions or you'd like to learn more, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com, or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.